My name is Christina, and thank you for checking in to the Helm Forward of Seas. This is a podcast where a guest and I talk about our original characters, the good, the bad, and the self-inserts. And today, our guest is Casey. How are you doing? Hello there. I'm doing very good. Uh, thank you so much for having me here. Hey, you're welcome. I, uh, you, when you pitched your character back in... This July. Is show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pardon the kimono here. That's, uh, that is how far, uh, ago, that is how far long ago, how far long ago, that is how long <laughs> ago Casey pitched her character, and I am working through the backlog, I promise. <laughs> um, so if you are listening and you're a little bit concerned about why you haven't been on, that might be why. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, I, I am hoping that the, I'm hoping that everything is going well for you since we are recording on a weekend and not a weekday. <laughs> No, it's been all good. Like, when I messaged you back in July, I was in the process of moving from one side of the coast to the other. I, at the time of this recording, I've been finally moving in for over six months now, so I'm doing good. (laughs) Good. (laughs) So nothing to worry about with that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, because, woof, moving really, move, like... The the thing that I always find frustrating about moving is that it never it always takes longer and shorter than you think it will. Yeah. Like all of the prep leading up to it always takes at least like twice as long as you think it will. And then the actual moving process usually doesn't take that long. But then you have to unpack everything and you know, like fill out <laughs> forms and stuff. Yeah. It mine was Mine's just a different story that I don't want to get into the podcast because it's so that's okay. <laughs> I'll just it's just it was a different experience. Like I say, I moved here in July. The rest of my stuff didn't get here until October. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, for reasons. Yikes! <laughs> well, uh, I, if this was a podcast about moving and people's life stories, that would be that would be a very interesting topic to pursue. <laughs> But it's not. This is a podcast about original characters. Yes. (laughs) So who are we going to be talking about today, Casey? Oh, we are going to be talking about my first ever original fan character, Maria Skellington. She's also the daughter of the Pumpkin King of Halloween Town from The Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm Mm-hmm. The fact that Maria is at least partially Christmas-themed is partially why I was like, I'm going to have Casey on in December. (laughs) Christmas episode, kind of. Go kind of, because again, like, Henry Selleck has gone on record to say that The Night Before Christmas is a Halloween movie, not a Christmas movie, but people have their own traditions. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, if it's, you like it Halloween, go ahead. We need more Halloween films anyway. If you like it as a Christmas film, go right ahead. Everyone's different. Mm-hmm. If you want it to be both, then it can be both. Oh, yeah. It can be both. Both is good. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> So, uh, how about, like, we start at the very, very beginning. Like, where, like, why did you make Maria to start out with? Oh, that's, okay, that's going back about when I was around 12 years old. That, when, around that time, I was in a rough spot. I was still, I was living in New York originally, a small town. I was being bullied constantly and I had I did have a small group of friends that appreciated me and one of my loves that actually became something good was the night before Christmas I had a regrowing love in that and it was more comfort and then during that time I had stumbled upon a website uh, a fan site called the pumpkin patch and it's still up today wow yes for those who want to look it's uh if I quickly go to the website it's tnbc.eu. It is still up today. Wow. That might be like, I, I realized that there are probably like fan sites, especially for like Star Trek that might be up and going still. Mm-hmm. But like the fact that a Nightmare Before Christmas website that started, if I had to hazard a guess, back in probably like the early aughts is still going. <laughs> Yeah, no. That is that is incredible. Oh, I don't think they have updated since then, but the website is still hanging in there. Yeah. It's, which is surprising because it still has a bunch of artwork I'm looking at now that I posted. Oh, wow. Like, back then, I just found the site and I started posting some normal artwork based off of screenshots from the movie they had. Mm-hmm. And then one day, I just randomly drew a... She almost was almost a version of me as a skeleton, but I'm like, no, I don't want to mm-hmm. do that. It's OC inserts are were at the time weird for me. 
And so I made her the daughter of the Pumpkin King. Okay. My first crew drawing was just, oh, I think the only thing that I have kept from her new form is she still has brown hair. She now has more stitches on her. She had only one stitch on her lower left eye socket. Now she has like one long stitch on her left eye, one tiny one underneath her right eye. She still, she still wears a red shirt. She just wears black jeans, like, and black boots. Okay. She's like her, like part of her outfits changed. But I will say, when I recently did a costume of her for Oogie Boogie's Bash with some friends at um, Disney California Adventure, we dressed in Disney Descendants group. Uh, one of the uh, people who was part of the original side, R2 Ninja Turtle, she dressed as her original uh, character, Opie Boogie, the daughter of the Boogeyman. And I, okay. Yeah, and I updated mine to basically go with what I had. I had a orange and red striped sweater that worked very well with the costume. I did her makeup. I wore mm-hmm. black fingerless gloves. It was that's more of an update of what I would see Maria with the clothing, what I would be comfortable wearing. Okay. And yeah, okay. that was a fun experience. But also seeing the evolution of the character from there to I actually finally dressed as her. Yeah. That <laughs> yes. that is that is quite the journey. I uh, know. So when when you made Maria, Maria, right? Maria. Okay. Uh, when you made Maria, was she just, uh, was there any particular, I guess, impetus for creating her? Did you have, were you participating in something or was it just kind of like a, I'm just going to draw a character. Here she is. Ta-da. I, yeah, it was basically, I'm just going to draw a character. And then okay. uh, for a lot of artists uh, with my mobile imagination, I kept coming up with ideas and at the time when I was looking at my old artwork, I remembered, oh, yeah, I tried having her be, like, try and fight her own villains. Like, her dad did the Oogie Boogie Man. I tried doing the werewolf clan. I don't know why. Okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, that ties in enough with the, with Halloween that I think that is definitely a reasonable leap for villain creation. Yeah, no, I, I don't remember what I did. There's some stories I left unfinished. That story was never finished. Okay, um, uh, so you were also writing? Yeah, I was trying to write because, like, the, the fan site also appreciated fan fiction. And okay. so I tried writing fan fiction. It's awful. <laughs> it was so awful. I mean, I, I think most of our first times writing fan fiction are. Cut yourself some slack there. <laughs> oh, no, it, it was just, like, I was really thinking about what trying to type her. And I realized when I've been looking at the writing and looking at the art... I made her completely bland and all, and just too much. Like she really didn't have a personality to call herself. Like she, I, she's like, oh yeah, you're, she's the daughter of the Pumpkin King. But I made her so mopey, sad because that's how I was at the time. Yeah, and, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Like I, I'm a big proponent of original characters. Usually, like especially when they are first made, are usually a pretty good time capsule of like what their creators were maybe feeling or going through at that point. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with like, hey, like this is just, this character maybe doesn't have a lot of personality because yeah. I, I, and you said you were 12 when you made this, right? Yes. <laughs> you made Maria. Like, it's okay. We don't have personalities as humans until we're like 16. No. <laughs> oh, and then like time passed. I, I tried pitch doing like ideas and that involved other people's own OCs. Like, I know from this site, I like I tried with like doing like collabs with them, but it really didn't work at the time Mm -hmm. with certain people. But it's still surprising that I have met a couple people that were on that site in person uh, years later or uh, over the line. Like one of my friends, Tiffa, who I will bring up later, uh, she she was one one of the original people on the site. Archie Ninja Turtle was and. I'm not going to say the third person's name, but currently right now they are a TV Disney animator. Oh, wow. Yeah. She was on this site and now she's grown from this and it makes me so happy for her. Mm-hmm. And that kind of, uh, that, that also, I personally relate to that situation because like the, and this is also kind of, a, you know, like a, the rebellion against your parents telling you like friends on the internet aren't real it's like no they it might be a quote-unquote parasocial relationship or whatever but like it these are still friends yeah. and 
getting to meet online friends in real life is a really usually a really fun experience. Oh, and I'm yeah. glad that you I'm glad that you were able to maintain friendships all the way from the days of the pumpkin patch to now. Yeah. Well, also, if it wasn't for me, uh, friends online, I would not meet my fiance. He was not part of the site. It's a different story with that okay. one. <laughs> okay. But Maria has gone through so many different parts of changes for herself. There's a apartment yeah, where I updated her outfit to be inspired by Kingdom Hearts 2 because Kingdom Hearts 2 had just come out around that time. Yeah. And I had her, I actually, I'm looking at her picture. I still kept her red shirt, but she wore a black vest, black pants, leather pants with the patches in them and a gold chain and a Kingdom Hearts inspired necklace. But instead of the crown, it was just a silver pumpkin. Okay. Yeah, that's a, uh, that is def that's like Kingdom Hearts 2, like, protagonist apparel. And I approve. Yeah, I tried her name at the time was the Halloween Town Keyblader. Okay. Yeah, I tried making her own keyblade. I I think I called her like the Halloween princess. It was like orange with like rose and a pumpkin. It was a weird design to her. I, I mean, Casey, how many like weird design can describe I think a lot of keyblades that yeah. actually exist in the canon of Kingdom Hearts. That's very, very true. There's a lot of different weird keyblades out there. Yes, there are. Yeah, I, I but it was like I didn't really have her do much with that. Like, I had her as, like, almost be, like, undercover of Organization 13. Okay. But it didn't really pan. I didn't write fan fiction. I thought of it as an idea. Nothing really came out of it with that. That's okay. And then she was, like, basically gone for a bit. I had no ideas for her. And then Tiffa approached me nine years ago and she's like hey do you want to role play with our original characters and that's Aww. when we actually grew both mine and her original her oc as well from different rpgs we have done together we've okay. done yeah and i'm really looking as we did it i'm like oh my god i made her almost mary sue but not intentionally and i mean do any of us, well, actually, no, some people do create Mary Sue's intentionally, but there is also nothing wrong with Mary Sue's. Yeah. This is the podcast to celebrate them. <laughs> no, I unintentionally realized I had accidentally made her a Mary Sue because for Maria, uh, she was, of course, the daughter of Pumpkin King, but her, since her mother was Sally, she acquired the power of visions from her. So, okay. she, so she can see the, v- the future when it really wants to chew. Almost like that's a raven. Kind of. Okay. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, so I realized with, during when I started with the art role-playing with Tifa, when we started, I was doing the constant visions, and I'm like, okay, this is making her too knowledgeable about what's happening and wanted to change it too much. This is just doesn't feel right. I want to change and upgrade her. Mm-hmm. And that came an opportunity when... We, she, my friend Tifa, bless her soul, we are still doing it today. Oh, yeah. Um, she's like, hey, do you want to do a Harry Potter-esque RPG? Yeah. <laughs> By doing each year. We're still on the final one five years later. We have yet. <laughs> I mean, you're going about the same pace that J.K. Rowling did. So, <laughs> like, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Yeah, we, this, this Harry Potter, this is why I wanted to also be on there. The Harry Potter Ask RPG is something me and Tiff I wanted to talk about for a long time. And this is one way to show it, is yeah. that it, this was one that actually improved on Maria so much more at a grand scale. Because, like, we're placing them in roles of characters that should be in the movies, but we're making our own original story out of it. Like, okay, Ma- Maria was placed in the role of both Hermione and Ron Weasley together. Okay. Tifa was in the place of Harry Potter, and then her own other OC, Cymax, a cursed scarecrow boy, okay. was placed in the role of Hermione and Ron. So there was like a dynamic of like equal parts of two characters and two different people. Okay. And it was on different, and it's not getting into different fan characters being placed into the professor roles. Okay. Jack Skellington was Dumbledore. Okay. In this continuity, was he still Maria's dad? Yes. Okay, okay. And also, and in this continuity, 
Dumbledore, uh, Jack was also the Weasley family. So in that, you still had his wife. They had a three adopted kids because Maria was the only one they were able to conceive. Uh, okay. And then the, the Jack is also related to uh, Bone Jangles from Corpse Bride. And he's married okay. to Emily. Okay. I, I actually have never seen Corpse Bride, so <laughs> is is Bone is Bone Jangles the the main spooky guy with blue hair voiced by the actor who I will not name? Oh no 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 no! Bone Jangles is the skeleton with the jagged jaw, the one eye, the bowler hat, voiced by okay. Danny Elfman. Okay, that's a much better person to be voiced by. <laughs> yeah, um, they like uh, some of the characters we put. So mostly came from Tifa, but I came with we came with like some choices together. Uh, okay, I'm trying to remember. Oh, I'm trying to remember the professors that took over the Defense Against the Dark Arts position. Yeah, first was Lotso. Okay. Second was Ken the Barbie doll. <laughs> okay, so bringing in bringing in Toy Story. Okay. Um. Oh my God. Third. Um. This was when the Avatar craze was being hit. Uh, by Avatar, you mean... James Cameron's Avatar. I was going to say, do you mean the good Avatar or the mediocre Avatar? It, or the bad Avatar? Yeah, it was uh, James Cameron's Avatar, but we had Jake Sully as the third professor, and we still kept... Uh, I'm trying to remember the character's name from uh, Harry Potter, Lupin? Yeah. He... Jake Sully would actually turn into a, a were-thantor, an actual creature from Avatar... A were Thanator? It was like a jackal-type monster. The, ca- the cat thing? Yeah, the cat thing. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, the fourth one. Um, that was Goblet of Fire. We had a character from Nocturna, uh, the film Nocturna, as the professor. I can't remember his name. I I have I have absolutely no familiarity with this film, so yeah, the, I, I, I can't help you out The there. fifth one, we had... The uh, Queen Erisabeth from Alice in Wonderland, the Queen of Hearts. Okay. The Tim Burton version. That was the one that's more homicidal tendencies. Yeah. Yes. Uh, she was a, so basically, if you know the fifth year, yeah, that's, she's taking place as Dolores Umbridge, and, she, and just like Dolores, she is still cruel. Okay, okay. The sixth year, we had Megamind. Woof. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Right as we're on the final year, um, this was a uh, in the role of Professor Snape. We had Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. Okay, which actually, okay. which is actually makes the most logical sense to put as Professor Snape, because uh, Oswald was resented of his brother and just wanted more. And yes, if you really think about it, Oswald kills Jack Skellington. Because <laughs> that happens. <laughs> I've broken the host. I am. Oh, no. sorry. You you haven't broken me. I'm just I I have several questions. <laughs> um the the first is like like what kind of age range were like you and Tiffa at where this where you guys were like where you guys were starting this since you um, said that you're still playing this to the present day. Yeah, we started this roughly around like uh, about let's see. Can't trying to remember. I think we started around 2009, 2010. That's when we started. We've been almost okay. doing this for almost a decade. Okay. okay. I, I was roughly about uh, 18. Okay. So we were both like in our late teens, early 20s when we started this. Okay. Okay. I, I, I'm trying to get, I was trying to get a sense for like, like the chronological scope of it. Uh, and that having that context makes more sense. Yeah, and the one thing neat is that with each year we actually were the characters aged, and we got to actually get to see their personalities grow from the trials and tribulations. And we also made sure in between the major stuff that happened from the books or movies, we also incorporated our own original stuff to get the characters having fun. Okay. Yeah, we would introduce some of our own OCs that were more in there. We would also. Ex- develop them a bit more and we would also show them in like the normal teen drama that happens and yeah. Harry Potter and we also yeah. we tried updating stuff from the films that really didn't work out well 
Yep. Well, no, the step, like the final year is basically how Harry's trying to jump from one part of another, trying to find the Horcruxes. The characters are jumping from one world to another, like Kingdom Hearts, basically, basically establishing yet this is a whole universe of how all these different characters actually can go to this one school because there's different worlds that exist. Yes. This magic um, school, which is not called Hogwarts, it's called Oxymona. Okay. Oxymona? If Tiff is listening, I'm sorry if I butchered it. It's okay. Um, I really like the, I really like the name like Oxymona for a school. That is, mm. that's a very good name and I'm going to have to keep that in my pocket. Oh yeah. Um, uh, we even had a concept. She, Tiffa thought of some, has a lot of rich ideas. I, I, if you get her for this podcast, she'd be great for it. She, her, she has a lot of rich ideas. Like the, instead of regular wands, the way to cast spells would be a, a student will pick a gem from, uh, from, uh, Diagon Alley. The, that would actually ma- match them. It's all different colored gems. And then okay. when they are sorted, the gem will be plant- planted at the base of their hand and gold chains can go in and stay on their hand. Like, it's a way for them to hold it. It can come detached, though. Okay. Yeah. So we're, so we're also incorporating Steven Universe-esque ideas into it. Okay. This is before Steven Universe. I, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, but it was just more of like, like, gold chains that come up, they can stay attached to hand, but if they get, like, if someone t- does, like, uh, the spell to dis, like... Disarm. Uh, disarm. Yeah. The gem will actually pop out, and they will hold the gem. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it was... T- that was Tiffany, and she made, like, wonderful artwork of it uh, to showcase how that worked, and it's, like, a very cool idea. It's better than having, like, the wands, because wands are the most easiest thing to break. I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong, Ron Weasley. <laughs> Breaking oh, a I, I, I said you're not wrong. <laughs> with G at the end. Yeah. Um, the my my before we like go into whatever we talk about next. Like my other question was, um, have you ever heard of interstitial? Oh yeah, the interstitial RPG. I actually donated to it. Yeah, because like, uh, because this sounds like the most buck wild game of interstitial. <laughs> Ever and I am here for it. <laughs> yeah, well, with this we mostly w- would do the old-fashioned way of sending notes to another. That's how we role-played. That's how we did it. There was no dice involved with it, but in fact, I have a copy of it on my bookshelf. I really want to play this and make this come alive now. Yeah. Do you mean like so that I'm understanding you correctly? You mean you want to play in? You want to essentially set this. I'm just going to call it your own extended universe. You want to set this in the context of interstitial and play it? Oh, in a way, maybe like finally do like a tabletop version of this because lo- I came up with some ideas, but there's a lot of ideas that Tiffa did. And I, I want to see how she's able to incorporate into this g- tabletop game because okay. I feel like this would be a perfect thing to do. Yeah, that it's been a very long time, I think, since I've ever like, since we've had a character on Wayward that is, like, just pulling in from all these different universes. So this is really refreshing to hear. <laughs> um, I guess maybe the next question is, like, you you kind of talked a bit about, like, the evolution of Maria, like, visually. Like, what were kind of, like, the the different stages that she went through as she went through, like, different settings? How did her... Was it just, like... Oh, she went to like when when the Kingdom Hearts elements were incorporated. Was that that was when she got like all of those like all the belts and the chains and stuff? <laughs> like, was her did she go through any other major visual changes aside from like the updating to something that you actually can wear to Disney World or Disneyland? Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think for visually, like she did go back to her original outfit, but instead of like black uh, jeans, she just wore like regular jeans because like. They were something I wear, and regular jeans are comfy. You can't play black jeans anywhere. I I actually like <laughs> shopping interlude from Christina. Um, <laughs> I actually have a couple of pairs of black jeans that are really good that I got from Old Navy. Oh. They're like they're a good weight, if that makes sense. It's like a good weight of fabric, and mm. I was also lucky enough to actually find some that like fit me and are flattering on me because I'm not a model thin person. <laughs> I but, no, 
I understand lady. that. Jeans, still pretty good. <laughs> no, I understand. I'm a cur- I'm a curvy lady too, so I understand that completely. I I think for Maria, like we did, like, Tiff and I just did different art role plays. Like we will do some set in her universe. We would do some original stuff. We would actually do sequels to stuff. I think one that actually sticks out the most to me is we actually did a setting where it's like kind of aristocratic 1800s, but Jack's still the dad. Maria's still there. She's not a human. Tiffet is her sister. And it's like vampires are in this. Okay. Yeah. Aristocratic vampires. Two are like in this uh, play are brothers, brothers. And then it's like one that's actually realized he doesn't want to be a monster. And, but the other brother wants his brother to stay with him forever. Okay. And, and he's trying to break me with Tiffa's character. And then Maria actually stumbles across someone that she used to have as a friend who accidentally got turned into a vampire okay. and later becomes her love interest. Uh, and it's just, oh, sweet. His name is Eric, the vampire. Okay. Eric spelled like Phantom of the Opera, Eric, or like. Uh, yeah, E R I C. Okay, okay. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. We actually borrowed, uh, it was this uh, startup when we created Eric that we, I snuggly hit put him in the Harry Potter SRPG as Maria's pet fruit bat and then revealed that he was a vampire that can turn into a fruit bat and a regular bat. Okay, why Why the specification between the, the fruit bat and a, by that do you mean like, Oh, this is just the generic. Vi- this is just the generic bat form of this vampire, not like a biologically distinct species. Or are you saying that he can turn into two separate kinds of bats? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I thought it'd be. I thought it'd be an interesting thing. Like he he doesn't want to feed. He doesn't want to feed on blood. He just becomes a fruit bat and just eats fruit. <laughs> okay. Get nutrients. Get his protein. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the. I am, uh, believe me, like, I am here for it. I'm just trying to, like, distinguish, like, okay, how many, ba- how many bats? Just two. Just a, just a blood-sucking bat and a fruit bat. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, when, I, when the air came, it gave Maria more, more growth to, to, for that of, like, a love relationship. And we actually had explored uh, more of that in the Harry Potter RPG when we got to the third year, seeing Maria developing feelings, trying to have a stable relationship with a vampire and Eric having his own growth, just trying to learn more about himself, learn about his past uh, and everything in between. There was like a lot of growth uh, for both of them in this. And mainly so more Maria, like Maria started not having to rely on her visions a lot more, like being like, Hey, don't do this. I saw this in a vision. Now I have it where she gets visions when she when it actually feels like it's necessary to have Okay. Them. Okay. So that they're not constant. She's worried about her sister. She's very protective, but even though her sister can protect herself, there's a lot in there that gives Maria more depth. And also she has her weak moments. I try to realize as I develop more to make her an actual fleshed out character. Yeah. By giving her so much like let her actually be worried. Let her lose a battle. Let her win yeah. a battle. Let her mourn and yeah. let her do her revenge. Yeah, Th- those are all very important things to do. Something that I like, I, I want to clarify real quick. In, sure. th- in the role plays that you have been doing with Maria, is it like, this This is because I personally have never done any like text-based RPGs in any context, um, is this something where it's, like, just the two of you, like, role-playing, and then you just, like, you type out, like, what you want to have happen, and you kind of, like, alternate between each other, or is there someone, like, moderating it? Oh, no, no one's moderating it. It's just her and I are just doing, like, text message, uh, text notes back and forth on DeviantArt. We, I've saved every single archive of every single note we've done. Oh, Uh, wow. Well, because, like, DeviantArt, which is weird, DeviantArt keeps everything unless you want to delete it forever. Huh. So it's kept every. I've made sure to archive every single one for like the stories. We just she just messaged me if she wanted to do it, and we just messaged back and forth, and we just try and think of how we want to 
write it down and okay. how we want to do it. Sometimes, like, I can be in control of writing what her character will say. She'll be the same with mine. So we okay. just kind of, like, back, go back and forth with each other on these ideas. Okay. I think this might be the first time that I've ever actually had someone on the show who does text-based RPG through DeviantArt. <laughs> Since well, it's, I always associate it so much more with, like, the art aspect than the writing aspect. Oh, yeah. Uh, it It's not the first time I've done, like, text-based through another person. One time I had a friend where we did a completely her, our own original characters, and we were text-based, but she lived in Australia. Which is quite the time difference. Yeah, I reala- Yeah, I stayed up to, like, 4 a.m. one time just text mess doing text RPs, and my f- family had to come into a room saying... Go to bed. Yeah. Yeah. Time yeah, zones. They'll get you. Yeah, they will get you. But, though, of course, we've been very busy. Both of us have been busy in real life, so we have yet to really continue this story, which sucks because we're on the final one, and it's just real life gets in the way. And we know yeah. how... We both know how some parts are going to end, but we are just waiting to get to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I definitely relate to that on several different levels. Yeah. <laughs> that's the that's the price of being an adult is sometimes things just get real crazy. Oh yeah. All the time. No, that's not what it is with my videos, like uh and my webcomic. <laughs> okay, so what are some of your favorite, like, plot things that have happened with Maria over her long history? Oh, my God. That's kind of... That takes me back. Oh, wow. If it'll uh, be easier, we can say, like, what's, like, the top five, the top three? Oh. I think uh, for the stories, I think one is Maria discovering that her fruit bat is an actual vampire. That is one that's always stuck with me. Another is uh, Maria act- like accidentally being pulled during the sixth year, she gets pulled in by uh, the other, like the version of uh, Helen Bonham Carter's character is Bellatrix? the other, yeah, is the other mother <laughs> from Coraline. Okay. Um, and gets, and is actually like pulled witness to see her father die by Oswald's hands. And that's just left a big scarring fact on her. Yes, very understandably. Yeah, that's... And then the third one, I think it's more just witnessing the friendship that Maria has with uh, Tiffa and Symax. Like, seeing her, like, loving, protecting her friends, the love of your friends, and her family. Just seeing that growth in there. And, oh, I think the... And then the fourth one, I think when... Okay... I'm going to add another thing to this RPG thing that we do. Go for it. You know, there's pets. And then during one year, you can, if you get to a certain year, you can actually have a Pokemon. Okay. Why not? Yeah. So Maria actually obtains her cousin Lance's Dr- okay. uh, Dratini, named Arunas, who is the sweetest boy ever, who he's, Jada's or Tutini for Maria since he plushes their kids and he gradually evolves into a Dragonite over time. So you get to see Maria's growth as a Pokemon trainer with her her Tutini going to a Dragonite and it's just a wonderful bond. I think that's so sweet. Mm-hmm. And then the fifth one, I think that actually it's the most recent one that's happened like yeah. about a year ago uh, was... Maria learning that her former tutor, Professor Radigan, accidentally becomes a monster. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what? Since Professor Radigan is already kind of a, a mouse humanoid, like what kind of what kind of monster would like does he become? Um, you know the first, how he was at the end of Great Mouse Detective. I actually do not. I have never seen Great Mouse Detective. Uh, basically, he gets the uh, Radigan actually gets more into his feral instincts as a rat because he is a rat, not a mouse. He, he hates me, but he's being called a rat. He okay. gets more into the feral instincts of it, and just that's just someone who tutored her and seen that the person that taught her become a monster. That's just like a horrifying thing. And then, yeah. in a mo- and then in a moment. 
uh, her sister Natalie has to kill the tutor because there's a it's and he's undead. He's basically like um Lars was when he accidentally was brought back in Steven Universe. Kind of like that, but not pink. He's still alive, but barely. He's just an undead corpse just walking around. Okay. Because of, because of a dark gem. A dark gem plate embedded into him when he died. And he's just okay. undead. So okay. Natalie kills Radikin and takes the gem off him and he is completely dead. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The, the, the plates take place as the horror cracks. And there's like 12 of them. Yay. That's a lot. I know. It's a is, lot. Are are do the does it still fill the same role as the as Horcruxes in the Harry Potter canon where it's parts of your soul? Oh, yep, still fills with the parts of your soul, and it also is more if a person touches it, they get corrupted by it. Like, oh my, yeah, that's why the only by certain people they get corrupted, like. Professor Ryokin accidentally gets corrupted by when it gets embedded into his dead body. Yeah. Um, it, get, it corrupts. It's gonna when we get to the Alice in Wonderland world because we need to to know how, what's gonna happen there. It has three different Wonderlands merging into one, and because all okay. three because the queen each Queen of Hearts has t- touched a plate and they became one being. That's terrifying. I yeah, the three versions are. The Trim Burden one, the Alice McGee one, and I think the original animated one. Okay. No, wait. Not, not three. It's two. It's two. Just the... Uh, no, wait. Three. It's three. Okay. I don't remember for a second there. So, yeah, that's still terrifying. Yes. Very much so. Yeah. Instead of instead of one uh, homicidal maniac, it's three. Into one. <laughs> Yeah, I, oh not me, t- me talking about this shows how much it happens in it. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, th- I think how much everything happens is sounds like a good way to describe this entire extended universe that Maria has been a part of. Oh yeah, but, but I love it. It gives it's just a lot of fun just writing this down and just having a blast with it. Oh yeah. I definitely can tell that, like, with with how much work you and also Tiffa have put into this shared universe that the two of you have created, like, this is very much so a labor of love. Yeah. Um, out of curiosity, like, since Maria has gone through so many different incarnations, what would you say has been, like, her her defining character trait through all these different versions of herself? I think the character trait that's that sticks with her is she has always likes to def- like help out in like a battle. Like her main weapon has been a sword constantly besides the part where she cheer- turned it with a keyblade. Yeah. I, I think for her, the sword is more the one thing that's stuck with her around because it's like something very quick, something that she can do to take people down. That And also in, the RPG, if she loses her gem, she needs a backup weapon to defend herself, and she's been training with the sword for quite a while. Okay. Okay, so helping and swords. Yeah, helping swords and friendship. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I feel like I've described Sid from Sequinox. I mean, that's that. That is definitely not the worst comparison. That is, in fact, a very good comparison. No, I'm just. I'm sorry. I'm just thinking. Brie, what do you have there? A sword. No. <laughs> oh yeah. Always a classic. R.I.P. Vine. R.I.P. Um. Okay. So. Uh, so obviously, I, I'm not going to ask the question, has Maria made it into anything else that you've done? Because she is still an ongoing character. Mm. Um, unless there is, like, are there are there any, like, creative projects that you've worked on where she's, like, played a role outside of this extended universe? Uh, not really. I, I don't use her as much because, like, I just use her in the RPG. I've been focusing more on, like, 
on my my videos uh, for my review show. I've been focusing on my webcomic with new characters. But even then, I still will remember that Maria was the starting point of developing my art. I realized as I've drawn her, like my art grows alongside with her. I had recently did a drawing of her and I realized looking at a new one, I'm like, I can't draw skeletons anymore. <laughs> do you mean I, like, do you mean like skeletons in the sense of like, this person is just made of bones or you mean like the, the like the, the skeletons with how like the, how the bodies work kind of a thing. Uh, more the Night Before Christmas style of drawing Jack Skeleton, but Maria, I can't draw her like she was originally because my art style has grown so much. Mm -hmm. and it makes me sad but it also I'm still happy that she still is around she's still existing and she still will be a part of me yeah yeah like I've always appreciated yeah that that is a very good um that's a very good way to look at it Mm. um in since Maria has since you've developed Maria uh, into a character with her own like fully established personality and stuff like what aspects of yourself would you say are like still present in her at this point uh, I still say like caring for friends is one because I I'm a, a can be a worry word sometimes so she can worry a bit like me mm-hmm. uh, I think more of uh like, that's, like, the thing. I think caring and being worried word, those are still traits that I associate with Maria a lot. Okay. Because they, they are a part, because they are a part of me, and they, she still worries, like, she's worried about her family, she worries about her friends, she wants to try and protect them all, even if she can't. I think, and also, I think part of that trait relies on to my reviewer persona that I realized, I think I gave, brought from Maria to my reviewer persona, where she wants to protect everyone, but she can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you, there's, like, even between a skeleton and a magical girl, you can't save everybody. Yeah. Uh, in fiction, sometimes you can save everyone. Okay, um, before I go into the last question over the recording, uh, anything else that you want to add in about Maria? Oh, my. <laughs> I... I I think one of the things I want to add with Maria is that she does actually have a firepower. Uh, okay. During uh, the, I think I want to say the fifth or sixth year, uh, there was a they was a, t- a class taught by the Cheshire Cat from Alice, Alice McGee, American okay. McGee, that actually had the students to uh, learn what elemental they had, but through different types of tests. And Maria discovers she has control over fire. And she tells her dad, who is very happy and and is proud of him, not proud of him, proud of her and his daughter for discovering elements. And has Maria join him in in the celebration of Halloween in Halloween Town that year with her powers. Okay. Because again, like, Jack gets lit, t- lights himself on fire for a part of the opening of This Is Halloween. Okay, I, I didn't remember that part. Yeah. It's <laughs> terrifying. It, yeah, like, he's the scarecrow, and he lights himself on fire, and he jumps into a fountain, and then emerges as a skeleton. Like, okay. that wonderful classic reveal. Oh, okay, okay. Now I'm, now I'm able to remember what part you were referring to. I... I was trying to remember Jack Skellington, the character being on fire, and thought I, and forgot about the I forgot about the lighting the costume on fire part. Yeah. Oh no! I I like when we also go into like Halloween Town because we get to see like Maria's world. Like we get to see that the citizens. Yeah, she's a princess, but she doesn't want to always be treated as royalty. She wants to also explore the other worlds before she even takes on the crown. She yeah. wants to see what's out there not be tied down like to like it's i borrowed that from her father her father wants to explore new things instead of taking yeah. over a holiday she just wants to see the, all the universe it, it goes that she just w- wants to like be her own she doesn't want to always be, be in the punk like the princess the punk king she wants to just be her own and mark make herself it's why she wants to explore before her dad got murdered by oswald yeah 
Yeah. So, like, does, at the end of, I, I realize that you are still playing out, so I'm not going to ask, like, how does it end? But do you think that Maria would be satisfied with, like, with taking up the pumpkin throne, as as we could call it? Um, I would if, say- if that, if that is still the, if that is relating to the canon of her current story, if um, I'm remembering correctly. I, I know she will, but, um- Tifa has spoiled me that Jack's skeleton will come back to life. Because, okay. But he, I don't know how. We haven't gotten there yet. But I think it would be more appreciative that she will take on the throne when she's ready. And, but she, but from no, but I know what's going to happen to her. She's going to have so much going on for her to the point where she will base. I think she'll be good when she takes on the throne when she feels ready. Good, good. Yeah, it's just going to be a lot of heartbreak and everything else. Yep. <laughs> yes. Yep. Oh. Take her to that heartbreak hotel. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Um. Do you? Was there anything else that you wanted to touch on? Um, not that I could think of for the character. Okay. Uh, in that case, then, your last question is, why do you love Maria so much? Oh, she, Maria always reminds me of my love for The Night Before Christmas. No matter, every time I look at her, it just reminds me of the fandom I was a part of, how much she's grown, how much I've actually grown. And it just warms my heart when I just look at her. Like, I'm, I got my artwork of her right on my computer as so I'm talking with you, and it yeah. just makes me happy just seeing her and just knowing that the artwork is still out there online, uh, yeah. just showing. But it's also more, it ha- shows a time of, of like different parts of me that has grown and I can appreciate parts of it, of how I've grown. And I will always still cherish Maria. She was my first ever OC. Yeah. And it just shows how much many characters I've grown from that. I've like, there's a bunch I've made that I actually did for a project where I, they're like, do 150 of something. I'm like, hundred of something. I'm like, can I draw, do a hundred, draw a hundred characters? And yeah. They're like, yeah. And I'm like, why do I have a hundred characters? I mean, why not? <laughs> it's, I did it back in high school. I think I still have it. I would need a look. I mean, that is a, uh, that is, that is quite that that is a quite astonishing and amazing number of characters to have. Well, that was like back in high school. Now it's like I've kind of dwindled a bit, except for drawing like extras for my webcomic I'm working on. So I, because it's like for that, I have to think of different monsters. And also, and then, but also I have to draw my main cast too. So it's like I got one or the other. Mm hmm. I definitely can relate to that. <laughs> okay. Um, thank you so much for coming on the show today, Casey. No problem. I, I really enjoyed getting to hear about Maria and all the places that she's gone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that uh, I was part of this and you got to enjoy all the weirdness of it all. Oh, yeah. It is. I, I am. I, I definitely like. I learned a lot, and I feel like it's only going to sink in when I'm, like, editing this tomorrow. Like, <laughs> I'm absorbing the information, and then I will comprehend it tomorrow while I am editing. And you're going to ask me more questions, like, what, Casey? What? <laughs> I mean, I might. <laughs> I will try. I just if, might. If I do, if I can, I will direct you to my friend Tiffa for her Twitter. Mm-hmm. Because she, well, some ideas, things I don't know, she might know. You could probably ask her to be a guest. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. But speaking of Twitter, where would you like to be found on the internet? What do you have that you want to promote? Okay, here we go. I apologize in advance. It's okay. Can... I'm going to take my drink of my tea. All right. You can follow me at Twitter at msnightmare24. You can follow me on Instagram at missnightmarereviews. You can also... Subscribe to my YouTube channel called Miss Night Reviews, where I review things from your childhood to see if they still hold up today. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also 
I'm part of a podcast called One Crazy Weekend where I've been joined forced with my fiance and a couple of our friends to watch every single WrestleMania event during that weekend. All indie shows leading up to WrestleMania of 2019. Wow. Yes. That is quite the endeavor. It is quite the endeavor. And if you want to read something that not listen to a podcast, you can read a webcomic I started like a couple weeks ago called The Monster Home Brew. It's a slice of life about RPGs, monsters, love, college, all mm-hmm. that jazz. It's I just started, but you can also view the first 12 pages on my Patreon at patreon.com slash nightmare productions if you want to help support the work I do. Okay. In that case, uh, anything else to add before I go into my outro? Uh, nothing that I can think of. Once again, Christina, thank you so much for having me. This was a blast. Hey, you're welcome. Glad to have you on, Casey. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) The Home for Weirdo Seas is a part of the Corner Podcast Network. It can be found on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Pippa, Stitcher, and wherever else your local podcatcher gets it from. And if I'm not on your local podcatcher, let me know and I'll see about getting on there. Uh, Our theme song is Violet by Pottington Bear, courtesy of the Free Music Archives. R.I.P. and peace. (laughs) New episodes come out on the second and fourth Mondays of the month. If you'd like to get in touch with us, we can be found on Twitter at WaywardOCPod or through the WaywardOCPod hashtag. You can also email us at waywardocpod at gmail.com. And I do currently have a good backlog of guests, but if you are interested in being on the show, you can always send me an email or a tweet at the Wayward account, and I will get you on the waiting list. Um, And of course, since this is a podcast, it is super helpful if you can subscribe and rate us on your listening platform of choice, and maybe even leave a review, because it helps us to find a wider audience and to brighten more people's days. So... Thank you all for listening. This has been the Home for Doses, and we hope you enjoyed your stay. Anna's like, Elsa, what do you have there? A knife! No! Elsa, what do you have now? Two knives! F word. Runs. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, Alex, you love Harry Potter, right? Yeah. Want to listen to a new Harry Potter podcast? No. Oh. But Sorted is not a Harry Potter podcast, but instead a podcast about everything else viewed through the lens of Harry Potter. Cool. What does that mean? It means we're going to sort things. Ash Ketchum's a Slytherin. Shrek's a Gryffindor. Your dog is a Hufflepuff. And all Ravenclaws are robots. Come check out Sorted, not a Harry Potter podcast. On the Pocket Podcast Network. 